With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast! podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. It is our quest. No, no, no. It is our job to help you remember things you have misremembered. You may have misremembered that Michael Jordan did, in fact, go through a tougher Eastern Conference than LeBron James has ever seen. You may, in fact, misremember or just flat out not remember the fact that Jordan in the NBA Finals took down Magic Johnson, James Worthy, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Excuse me, Magic Johnson, James Worthy, Kareem had already retired. Uh, He did, in fact, take down Clyde Drexler, who at the time was seen as the second-best shooting guard. He did, at the time, take down uh, Gary Payton and Sean Kemp. Gary Payton was, if not the best point guard in the game, right there with John Stockton. And he took down Stockton and Malone twice. So it's our job to give everything context, to have opinion, but also be able to paint the right picture of now and compare it historically. I don't want to go back in the day too far. But I I use that not with the Jordan-LeBron debate, which we can fire it up if you'd like. Phone number, as always, 877-99-FOX, 877-996-6369. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. I do so because the topic of the day is Colin Kaepernick. Why did Colin Kaepernick have a job? Is it because he protested the flag? 
a little bit. Sure. But the problem with the Colin Kaepernick story is no one seems to remember but this guy. Okay? Everybody seems to forget. How many years was Colin Kaepernick good? Right? Like, he took over a ready-made championship team with the San Francisco 49ers. They were good with Alex Smith. They had gotten to the NFC Championship game with Alex Captain Checkdown Smith. And it actually wasn't his fault that they lost to the Saints the year before. Do you guys remember that? It was his kick returner who twice fumbled, won a punt, won a kickoff. That ruined the Niners' chances. Alex Smith was actually good enough. That's how good the Niners were then. And Kaepernick took them to yet another level because of his youth, his athleticism, and the teams that they faced. And for a year and a half, he was seen to be one of the young, up-and-coming, potentially elite quarterbacks. But something weird happens in the NFL. They figure you out. Right? If you can't throw from the pocket, you can't read a defense, you can't manipulate the pocket, if you can't throw running to either side, if you fumble the football because you have small hands, if you lack leadership to when things go poorly, guys turn against you, the league figures you out. Go back and look. In a world in which 4,000 yards is the demarcation of a good, not great season, he doesn't have a 4,000-yard passing season. Matter of fact, he doesn't have a 3,500-yard passing season. I will grant you he was more of a running quarterback, but running quarterbacks have to figure out a way to throw from the pocket or else they do what Colin Kaepernick did, which is they level off, the league figures them out, and eventually they get hurt. Point two that people forget. You know Colin Kaepernick had knee surgery, right? You know he had shoulder surgery, right? Kaepernick's always had small hands, which uh, limits the ability to change arm angles. He's never been able to be a true pocket passer. And the the lith of a great athlete that he was at Nevada and early in the NFL is limited, one, because you can't be a running back, running quarterback in this league, and two, he's not running as well as he used to, nor does he throw as well as he used to. Colin Kaepernick had a good year and a half. That's it. And by the way, that year and a half ended over three years ago. It's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. The world is freaking out because Colin Kaepernick was woke last, uh, last fall. He was protesting what he thought were injustices on people of color by the police. I had a huge and continue to have a huge problem, not with not with protesting the flag. You're allowed to. But the things that he said while protesting the flag, I thought were too far out there. I thought it was part of Facebook Nation taking part of the story, talking about murdering police walking the streets like, hey, dude, when you're representing the shield and representing your team, and frankly, representing the city of San Francisco, you have to be much more measured with your words than Colin Kaepernick was, even if you're going to protest the flag. I support his right to protest the flag. I didn't support the things that he said while support while protesting it and understand that 
You can protest a flag. You have your First Amendment rights. But but you also work for a corporation that is supported by other corporations who might not be comfortable with it. Oh, yeah, and he ain't as good a quarterback as he used to be. I, I thought the San Francisco 49ers were terrible last year, regardless of who was quarterback. But they won one game of the 11 games that he started. One. Uh, 16 touchdowns and four interceptions. And did those 16 touchdowns help you win a game? Did those four interceptions hurt you lose a game? They were empty stats on a really bad team. And so today, people are woke, if you will, over Colin Kaepernick not getting signed when Blaine Gabbard has signed a contract. Well, Blaine Gabbard signed for 900, 900 grand. That's a that's a one-year veterans minimum deal. And oh yeah, by the way, Blaine Gabbert looks and feels like a backup quarterback. Your vision of Colin Kaepernick is, hey, once upon a time he was in the Super Bowl. True. True. But since that moment, he's an under is a badly under 500 quarterback. Who the league has figured out, who's had shoulder surgery, had knee surgery, had run-ins with teammates, members of the front office. And, oh, yeah, by the way, when you're a backup, look around the league at backups. Backups are seen, not heard from. Backups make minimum money. And backups are guys that fit into any system, not guys that need a specific system. Do I think that the protests play a part in NFL teams staying away? Sure, I'm not an idiot, right? But I think it also has to deal with has to do with you can be woke. You can be a, a social justice warrior. But, dude, in order to get it, you got to be really, really good to do it. Because in a league where coaches and front office people are all about eliminating distractions, th- they can take a distraction from a star wide receiver or a star quarterback. Can't take it from a backup, man. Who, who wants likely more money than he's worth? Like, well, there hasn't been serious contract discussions. That's because everyone knows about what he's asking for and no one really wants to play ball. So I remember when the Denver Broncos wanted to trade for Colin Kaepernick, reportedly. But part of it was that Colin Kaepernick didn't want to take a haircut, didn't want to go from 14 to $7 million in order to do so. He stayed in San Francisco. He stayed with the terrible team instead of taking less money and betting on himself with a very good team that only needed a quarterback, had an outstanding defense, and they failed. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, I seem to be the only one who remembers that Colin Kaepernick had a contract with the San Francisco 49ers. He opted out of that contract. He was not cut. He he made himself into a free agent. So Kaepernick was really good for a year and a half. And since then, the league has figured him out. He's had two surgeries on the two parts of his body, which are most important to his style of football, his knee and his shoulder. And while he hasn't performed terribly, it's not like they're winning games in San Francisco with him at quarterback. He was actually beaten out by Blaine Gabbert. There you go. He turned down a trade to a better situation with the Denver Broncos, And he opted out of his contract. So if you want to say the only reason he's still on the market is because he protested the flag, you're 
like so many of the stories that I believe Colin Kaepernick protested, you're only partially informed. Oh, yeah, and I don't know if you remember this, but um, he was a pain in the ass before he protested. Remember, he was the guy who was walking around. the. When you're the quarterback, you're somebody who is supposed to bring people in. You're supposed, we've talked about it before, you, he's a quarterback, right? They come in, they command a room, people like them, people listen to them, people want to hang out with them. Colin Kaepernick was famous for walking around the facility with his headphones on, keeping to himself. He's not a type A personality. He's bright, he's articulate, but he's not the, he's not the type of alpha you need to be to command 53 men, to be able to get guys to... You ask any of these, we talked about this with um, Deshaun Kaiser of Notre Dame, right? What was the story of Deshaun Kaiser? Sean Kaiser, the report was that when you asked Notre Dame guys, like, yeah, he's all right. When you asked Clemson guys about Deshaun Watson, or you asked North Carolina guys about Mitchell Trubisky, they were always like, that's our guy, that's my dog. I'd roll with that guy anytime. Not the same with Deshaun Kaiser. That's who Colin Kaepernick was. So it takes just the right team for him to be the leader, the quarterback. It takes just the right team for his style of play. His arm isn't the same. His legs aren't the same. His persona's not the same. His salary demands can't, can't even close to measure up to where he used to be. He opted out of a deal after getting beat out previously by Blaine Gabbard, who's playing for minimum money, nine hundred grand. I'm not saying that protesting the flag and the way in which he protested the flag and the things that which he said, that didn't, that didn't make some people upset. That didn't make some corporations hesitant towards signing the guy, hesitant towards supporting whatever team signed the guy. But if he could really, really play and he hadn't had surgery and he could really lead and he was a dude, he'd be on a team. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. He's a longtime NBA vet. He's a SoCal native who went to Boston College, then made good in the NBA. He's a former Clipper. He's a former almost everything now. He's Jared Dudley. Uh, he joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, okay, so here's what I'm, I, I can't figure out. How is there such a disparity between different between games like the Wizards uh, Celtic series, Jared, haven't none of the games have been close. Like how does a team go from losing by 20 to winning by 20? And please don't give me home court advantage. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I, what the Celtics do have a really good home court advantage. When I was there, the Wizards, it wasn't like that, to be honest with you. Uh, but I will say this. I, I just say the adjustment period, you make it after getting blown out. You usually go back mad and watching film and your preparation and your uh, your energy on that game is so high because you, you don't want to get blown out again. But to be honest with you, it's been so lopsided, I can't tell. Yeah, it's really, really hard to tell. Okay, so are the Wizards done? Like, are we, were you expecting seven? Like, I, I, I know Avery Bradley's not going to shoot like that every night. But at some point, you put yourself in a hole and you, you can't kind of dig out of it. What's your sense of how the how this series plays out? I definitely see Game Seven. Um, I see them going back. I, I see it being close though, not a blowout. Probably Wizards by six or seven. 
going seven. And to be honest with you, I want I want the Wizards. I'm pulling for them. But if you if I'm a betting man, I'm going with Boston at home game seven of just how indicative the series has been. And um, Isaiah really hasn't gone off since the 53 he had. Um, and eventually you're expecting at least one of these last two games in the play big. But if the Wizards are going to win on the road, Bradley Bill has to play big. Uh, John Wall might be their best player, but Bradley Bills are most important, when, especially when it comes to winning road games on big shots. All right, so let's get to what, what you said yesterday on, I believe, with Colin Cowherd. You said that that in order, or maybe it was to speak for yourself, in order for the Clippers to get this thing turned around, what you would do is trade Blake Griffin. Why? Because he right now has the most value out of all of them. Uh, he's the youngest. He's probably the one that's directly in his prime. Um, and now the, the age of the power four is more spacing. Uh, with him and DeAndre, it clogs it. CP still, to me, a top five point guard. Um, and if you trade DeAndre, you wouldn't get back to assets like Blake. Blake, you can get two two or three good role players um, or maybe one rookie uh, to go with him. Like Boston, it could be Jalen Brown. It could be Avery Bradley and a pick. Um, he's the one I would because you, you, the three spot they're they're in flux with that, and then their bench you got to upgrade. So overall, Blake gives you the most value, and I think it'll make you a playoff team, um, if not better. You, you mentioned the three spot. I mean that the the small forward. That's what they brought you in for, right? They brought you in to be that small forward, and Doc kind of bailed on you early. Um, why? What? What's gone wrong there? Why? Ha, why have they been unable? And that's an incredibly important and versatile position in today's NBA. What's gone wrong with with Doc at the the GM Doc, the president of basketball operations Doc, and that he hasn't accurately assessed what he needs at that position? Well, so the first thing first with me, I was hurt, so I, I couldn't be the same player I was at that time, and I didn't have time to be able to get healthy. Uh, so I, I struggled to be, to be honest, and everyone knows that when I was there. And then they had Matt Barnes, and they put so much cap space, and you know CP Blake and DeAndre deserving, uh, but then now there's not enough money to to get the get the three spot because you're paying Jamal and JJ all that money. But to be honest with you, the biggest thing to me is with Doc, it's the system because it's CP driven the ball the whole time and no one else gets a flow where as a small forward, when I, when I, when I shot there, it was probably my worst three point percentage because you might not touch the ball for seven, eight minutes and now you get it. And now you have to shoot it. So uh, I, I prefer systems. If you see how Houston plays, San Antonio plays, Golden State, even now the Wizards, the ball's moving from side to side. Sure. So even if you're not shooting, you're still involved. So, um, but can Chris? Does, but can Chris Paul play that way? Isn't that not getting the most out of Chris Paul? Like, like he's a, and I, I understand he's a dominant ball handler, but that's kind of how they play because that plays more to his strength than he doesn't play well off the basketball. That's true, but I would say this for them to go to the next step. You saw with Steph Curry when they had Mark Jackson, Curry was the point guard a lot of time. We trapped them when they brought Curry in. You saw Draymond bring the ball up. Curry, uh, Curry now runs the wing. Durant runs the wing, and so you got to have versatility. You can't have CP and uh, and he's a good off the ball shooter. CP, I was very surprised how good of a scorer he was. So it's not like he can't do it, uh, but you got to instill that that offense and show him the success it would be. And then once he sees it, then you buy in. That's it's fast. I'm be interested to see what they do. Jared Dudley joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. All right, let's get to the Spurs. And the Rockets, if you were the Spurs, would you? Kawhi's got a bad ankle. Would you sit him, rest him, make sure he's right for Game 7, or would you play him on the gimpy ankle? I, w- I was having this debate with my boy. I would sit him. If, if Kawhi can't be the Kawhi I need, because I, I think Houston's going to win this game anyway, 
in my personal opinion. Uh, so I want him to be right for seven at home. I need Kawhi 100% against James Harden, and it gives you an extra two days because, I mean, if if he's playing, he's going to be guarding James, right? He's going to be going through 100 pick and rolls, and that ankle can be tested. Uh, but let's just be honest. If Kawhi says he can go out there, I trust him because that dude's a freak. A dude is an absolute freak. Uh, okay, then you have the Warriors. Draymond saying, hey, no disrespect to the Cavs. They're playing well, but the people they've played haven't really looked all that good. But, like, this is pot calling kettle, isn't it? Like, they played Portland. Portland didn't have Nurkic. Nur- they weren't great. Uh, then they played Utah. Utah didn't have George Hill for three of the games. Like, how could he criticize the Cavs' competition to get to the conference finals and not say, oh, and no, by the way, the teams we've played haven't been at full strength. Because yeah, Draymond, Draymond being Draymond, he just talks. It's, it's, it's entertaining. He, uh, he definitely is that, that temperature for that team gets him going, likes to stir the pot, and I don't mind that. So overall, yeah, it goes both ways. They'll be meeting up here shortly. We're just, we're just passing time until that happens. Everyone's waiting for that series. Um, I had the Warriors early. Uh, but LeBron, the way he's played, I could see it going seven, him doing what he did again last year. So, um, But, you know, the Warriors, even if, even if these teams were full strength, they're not beating them four out of seven. They're not doing that. The only team that has a chance is Cleveland. So uh, the only person that can really set up Draymond is Braun. He did last year, and we'll see this year. Yeah. Um, you go Assuming that series ends up happening, which is, look, it's a dangerous assumption because injury, injuries can change things. Sure. But assuming it happens... The general sense from a guy like you who's been in the league for a decade is who's the better team coming in? Better team coming in is the Warriors. Uh, that being said is there are certain players that come around once in a generation, even when you're the better team, he can take over from a game or two and even a series, and that's what LeBron can do. As good as Kyrie is clutch in the fourth, you have to have someone like LeBron to keep it close. Someone like that that can go into Oracle, the hardest place to play, and win. He's done it. Without Kyrie and Kevin Love, that one finals, he did it with them. So I'm, I'm picking the Warriors just because I think the Durant in for Harrison Barnes and that aspect, and I just feel like the revenge and them getting it. But I would not be surprised if Braun is Braun and, and, is, and is basically on the Mount Rushmore trying to pass Jordan and does something historic. Do you think he could pass Jordan? I think he can. I mean, let's just be honest. If, if he beats this team here now, I mean, people are going to be talking about it that he's just one step closer. Uh, and, and beating Durant to add it, it just builds your legacy. And if he was in a three-peat, you'd be on this show talking about has he passed them. So I know we're far uh, far away from there. No one thought he was going to beat them last year, the 73-win team. And if he beats his super team, it, it's another good thing for his legacy. Jared, uh, can't wait to talk more with you. You get ready for Go Do Speak for Yourself. Thanks for joining us on Fox Sports Radio. Thanks for having me, guys. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. So Jeff Van Gundy offered this on uh, Zach Lowe's podcast in regards to the Jordan-LeBron debate. The conversation is relevant right now. Wow. That, like, opened the door. That's like when you're um, you're watching a show that has a uh, cross-examination, and the whole thing is, you know, you, the lawyer wants the witness to open the door to welcoming in testimony that otherwise wouldn't be admitted in the court. Like, oh, well, you open the door by saying this. Jeff Van Gundy opens the door by saying the conversation is relevant. Take a listen. The conversation is relevant right now, whether he wins another championship or not. He's playing at peak prime production and efficiency this late in his career. 
the conversation, it, it's already relevant. Because I'm not going to go as much on, on championships. But if you're going to talk about best careers, there's no way you can say it's not close. It's close already. And if he runs off another two to three years like he's going at right now, you're talking about 17 years like this, it's, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, it's, it's going to be amazing if it happens, right? It's beca- because he has some baggage to still climb out of. Because he has some cl- baggage to still climb out of. So I'm with you. He could he like it's the story is not written. It's not, you know, the, the ending is not written. The likelihood is the likelihood that he continues on this pace is not likely, but it also is likely that he should have broken down by now and he hasn't. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. All right, let's continue with what the Fox said. Here's what Skip Bayless had to say. I believe he will be capable of five high-level Super Bowl-quality years. Well, if that's the truth, then Tom Brady is going to be forced to finish his career elsewhere. And the number one landing place for me, the one that makes the most sense, is San Francisco. Now, I don't know if the team's going to get good enough, if he sees signs of life enough from the Mm -hmm. team. But remember, he grew up in San Mateo, which is just up the 101 freeway, about 15 minutes from Santa Clara. And he came up through the Joe Montana great years, the dynastic 49er years. Parents still live in San Mateo. Sisters still live in San Mateo area. So why wouldn't he want to finish back in the Bay Area? I think it's a possibility, plus Kyle Shanahan's kind of a quarterback guru, that he would if they don't get their guy. The problem is that even though the Niners are in rebuild mode, they're they're more likely to rebuild with a uh, Sam Darnold or 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 Josh Rosen next year than they are with a forty whatever year old uh, Tom Brady. I don't think Tom Brady has five years left. I would also th- look. There's two teams in Los Angeles. Tom Brady's going to go somewhere. It'll be to replace you could replace Philip Rivers or to be the guy with the Rams. If Jared Goff doesn't end up being good enough, there'll be a place for him to go. But I think those are the three most likely landing spots when eventually. The Patriots move on for him. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Uh, Richard Jefferson has a podcast, doesn't he? He have a podcast with um, Channing Fry, And they actually have a, there's one with LeBron, which is really good, really interesting. And there's some other stuff where they're telling stories, which is funny. Yeah, the, the Kyrie Irving Flat Earth deal was, that one was funny. So his most recent podcast... He commented on Draymond Green's. He commented on Draymond Green's comments, right? So he commented. Remember what Draymond Green had to say? Draymond Green at the at uh, it was like a press conference. I'm gonna say a couple of days ago after Game Four, right after they closed out the Utah Jazz, he was like both complimentary in sort of a backhanded way about, I guess, the West while smashing the East, but also complimenting the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, Here's what Draymond had to say. Um, he said, uh, I thought teams would compete a little harder. I just watched San Antonio and Houston. I like to watch good basketball. When you watch Cleveland play, you're only watching one side of good basketball. That's kind of weak. I like watching a good game. Not necessarily that it's going to be a close game. I like to watch teams that play good basketball. When you watch... 
You're watching one team play good basketball and somebody else do something. I don't know what that something is. So uh, I'll, I'll tell you what Draymond, Draymond actually commented on people's commentary on it. But here's what Richard Jefferson had to say. Quote, somebody that decided to start a podcast after we did wanted to comment on the quality of teams that were playing. Obviously, he's talking about Draymond Green. But this wasn't on Draymond's podcast. This was Draymond at the, at the dais. Which I think is just not very nice because obviously we know that Portland and Utah have accomplished what they've accomplished this year just in general. I can imagine with uh, Nurkic being out, obviously Portland wasn't at full strength. With George Hill being out, obviously Utah wasn't at full strength. Mike Conley being out a couple years ago, not full strength. Cavs not having Kevin Love or Kyrie Irving at full strength. So at the end of the day, to criticize what other people are doing, I think it's just best that you take care of whatever's in front of you. But you should never criticize what other people are doing. You should never criticize what other teams are doing. And at the end of the day, if you're working with an efficient group of guys that are handling their business, then you should take it. But you should also look and say, have we been playing at the highest level of teams every single year and everybody at full strength before you go and criticize people. Oh, that's a burn. Um, I actually think Richard Jefferson is kind of invalidating his own criticism by criticizing Draymond Green for his criticism. You know, he's like, you know, look, they played injured teams, which they did. I mean, the year in which they won it, Drew Holiday was hurt, didn't play first couple of games. Mike Conley was hurt in several of those games. Uh, they didn't play the Clippers, didn't play the Spurs. But they played in the Western Conference Finals. They didn't have to play the Thunder. Uh, they played the Rockets, and the only reason they played the Rockets was because Chris Paul got hurt, right? And somebody was hurt from the Rockets as well. Might have been Patrick Beverly. And then uh, they went to the Finals, and they did, they played against LeBron, and LeBron didn't have... Kyrie played the first game but got hurt in overtime, and they didn't have Kevin Love because Kevin Love separated his shoulder because Kelly Olynyk's a dirty player, right? Okay. So, but Jefferson's simply pointing that out, and that's those are facts. Just like he's pointing out the Nurkic injury is a fact and the George Hill injury is a fact. On the other hand, it is... It's not criticizing the effort of other teams. It's criticizing the quality of other teams. Draymond has said, uh, quote, I didn't say I was disappointed with their competition. First off, people always want to take a piece of a statement and say, ah, Draymond and the Cavs aren't playing anybody. They never said Draymond said Cleveland's playing great basketball. So everybody is chasing a headline, the controversy. Watch ESPN. It's like watching a controversial reality show. It's pretty pathetic. That's what the headline everybody wants. But didn't he kind of say that? I mean... I, I don't think he's wrong for what he said about Cleveland, nor is he necessarily wrong. I just think he could contextualize it better. Look, I can say everything Draymond's saying smarter and maybe less like, look, I think Cleveland's been playing great. I wish those other teams were more competitive to give us a better, to give us, we're getting ready. We think we're going to play Cleveland when we get to the finals. To give us a better sense of their strengths and their weaknesses. They're just so much better right now than their competition. It's hard to tell. Are they really that good? Is the other team really that bad? Are they mentally better? There's like so much. It makes it hard to watch the entire game. And I want to watch the entire game because these are the best teams in our league. 
Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Joe Madden was asked uh, why the Cubs were 17-17 and 17 after winning World Series, being the best team in baseball, and still nearly kicking away. Joe Madden was terrible in the World Series, right? It was awful. Awful. I like Joe Madden. He was an awful manager in the World Series. He nearly blew the World Series for the Cubs, who had the far better team, the far better bullpen, and yet he could not have managed his bullpen worse. They won in spite of, not because of Joe Madden, and I like Joe Madden, but all of that is accurate. But Joe Madden really was there, is really is there because he is a master, he is a BS artiste. Check out this one. He was asked whether 17 and 17 slow start. Uh, last year, they were 26 and 8, 34 games in. I sense sleep deprivation more than anything. I think from the beginning of the year, our schedule's been kind of awkward. No one's really had a chance to settle in. I don't think anybody's taken anything for granted. On the flip side of that, I've always said I love the word expectations, and I do, but understand it's going to be a different path this year. It just has to be. Dude, sleep deprivation, stop it. Like, you didn't have Kyle Schwarber last year. He got hurt, like, the first day of first day of baseball. <sighs> sleep deprivation. You know, you know what you can sleep when you're dead? You can sleep then. I always tell people. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast! podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.